Welcome to Spirit School. I'm your mentor, Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. In this podcast, I share honestly all I have learned about the mediumship and spiritual development journey. My intention is to normalize these conversations, to make way for a more confident, clear, and connected wave of lightworkers, serving the world of spirit with an open and joyful soul. Welcome again to Spirit School. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited today to have a special guest, Julie Jancis, who is also known as the Angel Medium. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm so good, Danielle. Thank you for having me on. Yes, I've actually wanted to talk to you for a long time. I found your podcast quite a few years ago when angels started coming into my awareness for the first time in my life in my 30s. And scouring Google, scouring the podcast sphere, scouring YouTube, there's a lot of noise out there and there's actually not a lot of angel resources out there. And I came across your podcast, the Angels and Awakenings podcast, and I loved it because it was so refreshing to hear stories and personal stories of angel encounters and angel experiences that made me feel really seen. So thank you for creating that. And do you want to share a little bit about how you serve through angels? And we're going to go back a little bit as well. But just to start there, I just wanted to highlight your podcast and how amazing it is and Um, connection. Thank you. I think actually, just to clarify, somebody else kind of copied the name. And so they created Angels and Awakenings. And so I'm Angels and Awakening. No S at the end. Yeah, no worries whatsoever. I work with angels. So the very first time that I was getting into this work, I tuned in to my volunteers energy field and immediately there are angels, guides and loved ones right there ready to communicate messages, talk about what's going on in that person's life, what's been going on in that person's life, how they move forward to the future, how their spirit team is really guiding them in this life that they're in. It was interesting because the program that I went through was for energy healing. You're really supposed to be quiet when you're doing energy healing. It's not like mediumship. You're not supposed to be talking. My teacher would let me talk. And so it turned out that's my gift. Like when I get into your energy field, your angels, guides, and loved ones are right there. They have things to say. And so I call myself the angel medium because it's not like strict mediumship, right? You get validation in every session. Loved ones are always coming through, but there's also always angels right there. And they play these very, very important roles within our lives, but a lot of us aren't tuning into them. And for those who are maybe on the more religious side, angels are just God's energy in a different form, just like our souls are God's energy in a different form. And just like your soul has purpose in this lifetime, each angel was created for a role to help humanity in one, two, three subsects of life. When you turn to those angels and really learn, you know, they say, give it to God, right? Like release that energy from your heart chakra, from your auric field or from your body and like lift it up. Your angels are there to do that for you all day long. And like Mm -hmm. when you give that over to them, 
it's living a different life. Like I saw this reel the other day on Instagram and this guy was holding a cup of water and he goes, how heavy is this cup of water? And all the students are shouting out different answers. And he goes, no, the heaviness is based on how long I'm going to hold this. Like if I hold this cup for 30 seconds, not that heavy. If I hold it for an hour, my hand is going to start to cramp. If I hold this glass for three days on end, there's a lot of pain there and suffering that's going to be happening. But we don't often tend to think about that within terms of our physical body, our chakras, and our auric field. We're holding the stress of life, these anxieties, attachments that we have of things that we want to do and dreams that we have and these lives that we want to create. And we create this stress. Mm. And we just keep holding on to it. And the angels are like, no, let me take that cup of water for you. Let me hold this for you. You don't have to hold it all yourself. And then life starts to feel different. Yeah, I love that. And so that's where your interest in serving angels came from them. It's like helping other people lift the weight of their lives off. And like, you don't have to do this alone. We are not alone. I love that. Because that's one of the things I personally struggled with when I first learned about angels. And I didn't have any historical reference to them. I didn't have any experiences with them. I was like, I feel this connection. I know you're here. You've brought me so much evidence in my life and just miracles. What am I supposed to do with all of this? (laughs) And that's the journey I've personally been on is like, how do I incorporate this brilliant energy that surrounds us all and like serve people with it? That path is still unfolding for me. So I'm happy to hear your experience. You figured it out. You're doing it. You're loving it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. We can all figure out that piece because we all have different purpose. We all have different reasons why our souls are here. The angels say that some people raise their hand and ask to come live a lifetime as souls when they were on the other side, they wanted to come here. If you imagine we all have our own homes on the other side, and let's say your soul is at dinner with all of your family members, your soul family members, and let's say your partner soul and a child soul are like, yeah, I think we're ready to go back to earth for a lifetime. And you're like, no, (laughs) don't want to go. But they want you to go and support them. And so some souls, that was the case for them. They didn't really want to be here. They came to support other people. Okay. There are some souls that were tapped by the angels and asked to come in this lifetime. And I feel that very much with your soul, Danielle, that you were tapped and asked to come serve in this lifetime because your angels just said that you've always felt different and almost like I can feel you as a younger child being like, what do people not get about this? Like, why don't they understand? Like, this is a lot simpler than they're making it out to be. Is that true? Yeah, I would definitely say that. (laughs) You're making me all teary. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's all good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So we start there with our purpose and just sorting through why our soul is here because it tells us a lot about what we're here to do, create and be. Yeah. I love that. And I look back at my life. It's almost like when you find your path a little bit, you can reverse engineer. You're like, oh my God, my life makes sense. I remember being 
like nine years old. No one in my family was religious in any way. And I was obsessed with churches. I was like every church, every religion. (laughs) I would just go because it felt like something to connect into. It felt like there was purpose in here, you know? And I remember being that kind of weird kid (laughs) that would just be going to the Wednesday church dinners and like Sunday school and Bible camp. I just loved everything about the Bibles and somebody standing up and speaking. And there was just so much I felt connected to around that. So even looking at when I was studying a little bit about the theology behind angels, one of the things that made me feel really comforted was like how many world religions had these beings as part of their practice or their faith. And I thought that that was really beautiful as well. I was like, angels are for everybody. I'm like, they are. they're for everybody. <laughs> well, and that's the very, very interesting thing. When you do look at religions around the world, angels are included in most religions. Uh, right? It's so that's fascinating. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. fascinating. Even in my indigenous culture, you know, there are orated stories of winged beings. That's what I love about angels. And that's how come I, my mind gets blown when I meet people who I respect so much in these fields of like mediumship and healing. I'm like, you don't believe in angels? Like of all beings? To me, like they're the easiest to access. And in working with the world of energy, and I'm curious about your experience with this, but like I always explain it like this. And if you're not on YouTube, you won't be able to see this, but it's like living people here, deceased loved ones, angels. It's (laughs) It's such a big energetic leap. Yeah. To the point where sometimes when I'm in their energy, it's a bit much for me. I'm like, wow, I can't be here all the time. It just feels so good. What is your experience when they come near, like physically, emotionally? How do you experience it? So I don't know if you know, I wrote a book last year, Angels and Awakening. It's got the same title as the podcast. And that's really like the purpose of the book is teaching you how to get into the highest vibrational frequency, because what you just said is spot on. Actually, I teach this in my angel Reiki school when I'm certifying people. When you tune into the other side and connect with loved ones on the other side, it sometimes even smells earthy, like a soil to me. It feels very grounded. You can feel roots of energy that they've had here at Earth before. Angels don't have that. So God's frequency is the same frequency as your soul, is the same frequency as the angels. I call it oneness energy. And Mm. if you haven't had... Dr. Julia Mossbridge on your podcast. She's a fascinating person to interview. What she did was she did her doctorate in the study of love and time. And she found that people cannot connect with the other side, connect with angels, guides, and loved ones on the other side without being able to tune into this oneness energy. It's the highest vibration that is. She calls it unconditional love. When you tune into that energy, you're turning into tuning into God's vibration. Mm-hmm. And it's so magnificent. Somebody said on social media recently, I hate when spiritual folks use the word yummy. So I went to use the word yummy and held back. But it's what it is. I mean, it's just this yummy, delicious energy. It's a mixture of love and joy and peace and bliss and ease and grace. So when you get into that frequency, that's what you're feeling is this very, very high vibrational, unconditional love. It's the energy that the angels hold. 
And then in the last two thirds of my book, it's pretty much an angel dictionary of how each angel is working with you, the signs that they're showing you, so that by the end of the book, you can really know everybody who's on your spirit team and exactly how they're working with you. That's beautiful. And yeah, we'll have links in the show notes for your book, for the Angel Reiki, which I also wanted to talk a bit about on this podcast too, because I'm a mediumship teacher and I have been blessed to serve hundreds of people through their development journey. And I have so many students who have taken your Angel Reiki class as well, because I don't teach about energy healing or anything like that, because I haven't gone through my own experiences with it yet. It's just like, so far, I'm just like mediumship right now in business. So I love hearing feedback from a lot of my students who have also taken your Angel Reiki course. And I've never even taken a Reiki class before either. So I would love if you can explain a little bit about what Angel Reiki is. It's this modality that you have created. I read that it was channeled through you for people. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So Danielle, when did you get into mediumship? Like what year did you go through your training? So I started in when I was 31. So that was nine years ago. Awesome. Awesome. Well, 2013. 2013. Okay. (laughs) I'm right behind you in 2015. That's when I got started. Even when we got started five, seven, eight years ago, 10 years ago, it was very much stay in your own lane. Yeah. Your mediumship, stay in your own lane. I have been to major conferences where some of the hugest names, and I'm not going to name names, would get up on stage and be like, you can't do things this way. You got to do things this way. Or one person went around the room at an energy healing conference and was like, you should not do this work. You should not do this work. I was like, what? He told like 43 people that day that they should not do this work. There's a lot of people out there, even some really big names, who are not centered in a humble authenticity of doing this work in order for God to come through and help raise the consciousness here within this world. There are a lot of people who are very harmful to others who are healers, who should be doing this work, but need the right teacher. Yeah. And I found the same thing when I was getting started in 2015. I went through different energy healing programs and my teacher did not know how to coach me whatsoever on the mediumship side or on the angel side. But every single session that I'm in, I'm like, I can't be silent during this. Like I'm holding oneness. I'm working with each of the chakras. I'm bringing through the energy as they want me to. But what happens is energy itself Mm -hmm. is the vibrational language of the universe. So we talk about clairvoyance, clairaudience, the four clairs, and a lot of people get stuck like, oh, I'm just one of them. No, you're not. You have all four. You have all four to varying degrees. It comes through the energy, though. Visions come through energy. Auditorily hearing from the other side comes through energy. Getting a knowingness or gut feeling within your body comes through the energy. So if you're not tuned in to energy and to oneness, what are you doing? Like that is how you bring through messages. Now, 
When people understand energy and then they begin working with a client, their gifts start to come out. I have some medical mediums who I've been running the program, I think, since like the beginning of 2017. And we've had all different folks come through, some pet intuitives. Some people are traditional medium. Some people more focus on energy healing. Some people just work with angels. It's not up for me to say what your gifts are. Your gifts are your gifts. You were born and blessed with them for the purpose of you have souls here that you're here to connect with and help. And those souls cannot be on their path. Like the souls that follow Danielle cannot be on their path unless Danielle is doing what she needs to do and is doing what she's called to do. So the angels came through right away after I went through my program and said, listen, You went through this for a reason because now you see the issue and the problem out there, which is that everybody is shouting in the spiritual community, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. And they said, we don't want you to. That is a man-made thought notion. The truth of the matter is we need you to bridge spiritual awakening and being a spiritual teacher or an intuitive and being a counselor. We need you to bridge being a spiritual practitioner and being a physical trainer who's the person that helps you work out. We need you to bridge whatever it is that calls to you to bridge because that is you living your most true, authentic life experience. That's why your soul is called here. So I really, truly feel like myself and you too, and there's many of us, we're tearing down the walls that were built within this industry before of you have to stay in your lane. No, you don't. You do what your soul, you know, your spirit guides, your angels, your loved ones, whatever you feel calling to your heart is what you do. And don't let anyone tell you different. Mm. I feel like I needed to hear that I have to say. I had a similar experience in, I don't remember what year it was, maybe 2017 or something, where my mentor, we were in a live class and I'd worked with her for many years, but she put us in like groups. Okay, you stand here, you stand here, you stand here. And okay, you're a healer, right? Like you're a channeler and you're a medium. I remember wanting to be a healer because I was like, oh, I mean, all of this is healing, right? Like this is all healing, but I got lumped into the mediumship One, and I I remember feeling a little bit defeated, one, because I was a labeled, but one, I was like, oh, I'm just a medium, yeah, right? Like one trick, like that's my trick. And I think that I may have embodied that a little bit too much because I remember when angels started coming in, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do? Oh, I told it. They're here. (laughs) What do you want me to do? Leave them out back? Yeah, exactly. And then I did my first public demonstration of mediumship in August. I've been avoiding it because... The way that it is done in traditional mediumship, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I'm that. You know what I mean? And so when I finally went out and did it, I was so surprised at what came through because it was healing. There was mentoring. There was evidential mediumship. It was like this. I almost didn't want to call it a demonstration of mediumship because I was like, it was different. So I appreciate this conversation because I've been trying to like name and trying to take myself out of a box a little bit to be more than just a medium, right? And so very timely, this conversation. So thank you for bringing that up. 
Do you want to know how the angels explain it too? Sure, please. Yes. So when it comes to physical energy healing, like if you're going to go get a Reiki session, if you're going to go get a Chios energy healing session, what's going to happen is the practitioner is going to lay hands on certain points, certain chakra points and release different energy and your soul's energy is going to pull into the body whatever the soul needs at that time. It's a very yummy, delicious energy. You feel amazing. It's working with a lot of the vibrations of the physical body so that you embody more of your spirituality. That's wonderful. But if the person doesn't know how to keep that, they leave their Reiki session or the energy healing session and five, six, seven days later, sometimes the next day, the feeling is gone within the physical body. What's happening right now within the world is that when you have an experience where you're simultaneously getting that energy healing piece for the physical body, But now the practitioner is also bringing through messages from their angels or from loved ones on the other side or both. What ends up happening is now it's working with the energy of the mind as well. And Mm. how do you actually break down spiritual awakening? What's actually happening, and this is according to the leading experts within the world, I've had them on the show. When you go through a spiritual awakening, your consciousness is no longer centered within the mind. You have a deeper awareness of your consciousness. You can be the observer of your thoughts. Well, when the medium or the intuitive or the angel messenger is bringing through genuine, loving, positive messages from the other side, because I believe that's all that can come through, What happens is now you're working with the energy of that client's mind and their body. So now you're bringing them into a higher level of spiritual awakening because the mind is getting evidence, not like an evidentiary mediumship where a grandfather, grandmother will come in and say, like, you have a green coin in your pocket, you know, or (laughs) you love blue dinosaurs or whatever. But I have people break down in probably 70, 80% of my sessions in tears because they'll say, I was just talking about that yesterday. We are just talking about that on the car ride over. And it can be something so specific and random. There's no way I wouldn't have known it, right? So that's the evidence that I get. But a lot of times in sessions, it does not look anymore like sessions looked 10, 15 years ago. A full healing, and this takes people to a bigger picture, right? I've been in business for so long. It was my first career. When you go through leadership trainings, they'll say, you can't have a like man-to-man perspective. You have to have a big bird's eye view of what's happening. And what's happening within the world is in order for our consciousness to evolve, in order for there to be a new world that we build together. We built the one that we have here out of a sleep state. Right. We have to evolve our consciousness. We have to awaken to a higher level of being a higher consciousness, a higher vibration in order to create a new world from that consciousness. So what's happening a lot of times in sessions with mediums, intuitives, angel readers, it doesn't look like it did 10 years ago. It's not supposed to. It's supposed to lead people to their spiritual awakening. 
And as we awaken more and more of the collective consciousness, now there's a massive shift. And that's what everybody's working towards. So anybody out there who's judgy, judgy, nonsense, poo, is all egoic mind BS. Yeah. Those are the people that you want to probably steer clear of. And you want to center in on people who really just authentically resonate with your heart because those are the people you're going to open to most, you're going to learn from most. So I think it's an important message to get out there because there's so many mediums that get criticized these days. And it's like, leave them alone. They're doing yeah. exactly what they came here to do. This conversation's like really lighting me up because that has been one of my biggest fears in continuing to grow. Like I have a fear of success. So I try to stay a little bit quaint and small and, you know, I haven't done anything to like be seen in big ways because of the fear of being criticized by a lot of like my peers and mentors, because I feel like I do things like a little bit differently, not like I'm special. It just, it doesn't resonate with me everything that has been done up until now, right? And so I appreciate this conversation is just lighting me up. So I have a question for you about what you just said though, because you're right. I recently left TikTok because I felt like I was like way too aware of how crappy the world was. I was like, I'm just way too aware of the problems. I'm way too aware of the wars and everything that's going wrong. And it made me lose sight a little bit of the mission that we are on to raise the global consciousness and to help awaken people, as you say. And I felt like I lost myself a little bit being in that space. Algorithms be damn. I'm sure that there's brighter and lighter parts of TikTok. It's just not where it, the rabbit hole sent me. So I'm curious how you think we're doing as civilization, as humanity on this mission. Where do you think we're at? <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. And I think it's really, really easy to go to that cynical, dark space. I recently watched The Handmaiden's Tale. And if you haven't watched that show, it's very, very heavy. And I think it gave me an ex existential crisis for a couple, <laughs> couple weeks. Where I am at is, have you ever watched the movie Interstellar? I think about it all the time. <laughs> okay. I'm like, this uh, is where we're heading. I'm like, start farming. No, 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 no. Not, not that part. You know that part where Matthew McConaughey has this realization. I mean, in the movie, his character is so ambitious. He's got so much drive. He's willing to put his life on the line. He's willing to do anything needed because he feels like he's been called, right? But he gets to this point in the movie where he realized, yes, he had purpose, but it wasn't him that was called. It was his daughter. Right. Oh, I'm covered in traverse. Yes, I love this movie. That's where we're at as a collective right now. Oh, God, we think so much of ourselves. Like, we're here to be the end-all, be-all. We're the shit. You know, like, we're everything. And we're here to, like, raise the collective to what it's going to be. No! The collective is going to raise far past our consciousness. It's going to be, like, evolving for billions of years. It's going to evolve so much past us. But where we are is coming to a very humble place of I have purpose in this lifetime. I'm not here to be the savior. I'm not here to do it all. I can't be superwoman. Spirit doesn't want me to. Mm. But I do have this mission. I do have this purpose. And unless I do this, the baton cannot be handed to the next generation. And so I think you are smart in getting off of TikTok just for like if it consumes you that much just to detach yeah, 
I think if we all keep our heads down, focus on this is what needs to be done. This is my piece. I'm not here to do it all. There's more work that's going to have to be done by my kiddos generation and my grandkids generation and the generation after that. But if you focus on your one small piece with humility, that's what I see as my purpose right now. And I'm not in control of anything other than that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's a really good analogy around it as well. I feel like in some ways I was really blessed that I realized this isn't about me because my abilities came to my awakening through the birth of my daughter. So I've always kind of had this idea like this is for her or for my children because Mm -hmm. why else would I be asleep my whole life and then all of a sudden I have this baby and she's the one who woke me up to angels. Her daycare would be calling me saying, your daughter keeps talking about a blue angel. I'm like, we've never talked about angels. <laughs> so I'm like looking up what angels are. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm not Catholic. I'm like, what's happening, <laughs> right? So yeah, I feel in some way that's what's kept me a bit more humble is like, you know, I don't think I'm the star of the show or like the main character and all this. My kids, there's something there. So I appreciate that grounded perspective of it. So something else I wanted to ask you about, because my podcast, Spirit School, why I started it was because not a lot of people I knew were talking about the development path in like, you know, vulnerable way. It was like the not enoughness or wanting to get it right. And what happens when we get it wrong, right? Like these are the conversations I love to have. So has there ever been a point in your like channeling or message relaying profession for the angels? Have you ever hit times of doubt that you've had to like move beyond? Like what was your journey like with all of this? So I don't think it's a thousand yet, but we've taught hundreds and hundreds of people how to do this work and come into their own gifts. And what I see the most is, you see this with your students too, they just said, it's a perfectionism energy. And when someone has anxiety to do this work, I've never seen it come from a negative space. Maybe one or two people that were like, I want to be the next Teresa Caputo. And I come across that a couple of times. (laughs) Yes. But like 99.9% of everybody that I've come across, this anxiety of, oh my God, what if I get it wrong, comes from an absolute genuine place of perfectionism where they care. They're so highly empathic. They care so much about the client and the client getting the best from them as the healer that they put this weight on themselves over and over and over again. So what I tell my students is you need to accept the timing of your own evolutionary process. So I did not feel comfortable. I hid behind energy healing for a long time. I knew I was a messenger. It was happening right when my dad passed away and I started to awaken. I knew I was a messenger, but I didn't tell my mom for at least a year, didn't tell my husband for at least a year. Once I started my business, it was like wildfire. I think when you're really good at doing this work, it's like everybody tells everybody and then you're kind of like booked out within about six months. I think my husband was at his lunch table. He's a teacher and he sits with about 20 people every day. And somebody was like, I want to go do a session with your wife. I can't believe she's a medium. And he was like, what? Like, (laughs) double take. (laughs) Uh, Lucy, we got some explaining to do. It's like that show, Lucy and Desi. 
And I was like, yeah, you know, things are coming through. And he knew that story about my dad. I I just didn't feel comfortable going into it. It's a matter of where your comfort level is at. If you Mm -hmm. feel comfortable explaining it all to your family, my mom's super religious. My husband was very understanding, but my mom called me every month for a year, maybe even more. So I know I'm going to heaven and I want you to go to heaven. (laughs) Like, mom, I'm working directly for God. If you got beef with what I'm doing, take it up with them because they know and they sent me to do this work. Going at my own pace, though, going at my own comfort level, talking to people about it when I wanted to, doing that on my own terms really helped allow me to grow in comfort. And that's what I needed. And so I don't recommend to anybody that they push themselves. I mean, you have to push yourself a little bit, right? Like it's scary to have somebody over and do a session for them. But when it comes to things that you're really uncomfortable with, just don't do them. Like do things your own way or wait until you are comfortable sharing what it is that you want to share with folks. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. And I agree that perfectionism isn't so much about being like right or the most accurate. It does come from a place of genuine caring and wanting to do well, Yeah. right? I mean, that was always one of my early anxieties around this was like, what if I let the world spirit down? What if there's somebody out there on the other side who's like, well, she really stuffed that up. She didn't get the color of that car, right? I'm like, do they really care about stuff like that? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. A hundred percent. You have a very sweet heart. I really enjoying this conversation. I can just like feel the love. The second you came on camera, I'm like, I'm in shivers. Like you could just sense the love that comes out of you. So your students are very, very lucky about that. Another thing I was really wanting to ask you about, because this interview came at a blessing of one of my listeners who sent me the podcast episode that you recently did on PMDD. And I have to say that I have opened up about having PMDD on the podcast for the past year ever so lightly because there's still so much unknown around it and like stigma behind it being associated with PMS, which it's not. (laughs) That's what we know. So I wanted to ask you about your experience with it because I was, I, that, that episode, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes as well, because I think it's important for people to listen to. But for me personally, the way that I experience my PMDD as somebody who serves God is I stay in my own little cubby during <laughs> time and I avoid all human interactions other than the ones that I have to have with my husband and my children who are well accustomed to me during this time. So like, how do your gifts move through you during that time? What do you do to stay well during your hell week or whatever we want to call it? I don't know what we even call it anymore. I'm trying to move away from that term as well around it. But it's just a very complicated time. (laughs) Totally. I actually think I have more controversial views on this, but it's just what works for me. And I really am a firm believer in you need to do what works for you, not just what's out there because it's some quote unquote professional advice, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of folks out there who say you have to get your period. You should get your period because it's good for like a woman's menstrual cycle is more like a circadian rhythm that you have to have. I noted very clearly in my youth that upon my mother turning 39 and 40, her hormones went wildly out of whack to the point where she was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I never knew who I was going to get 
it created huge turmoil in her marriage. It created huge turmoil with her work and her employment. It created huge turmoil with her and me as a child and our relationship and other relationships that she had, I would say are probably things that were destroyed in part due to this. My dad used to be like, when you grow up, you're not allowed to blame anything on your period. Your period is something that you can control and like none of this nonsense. Let me tell you, having PMDD feels like being bipolar, especially as you get to middle age and your hormones start to shift wildly. I don't know what age your kiddos are, but my heard me say this, she would not appreciate it. Mine just went through the change, right? Right. Yeah. And you watch a little girl go through changing and getting hormones and you go, oh shit, that's what I was going through as like a fifth, sixth, seventh grader. And these hormones are no joke, right? Because having a kid go through this is something else to watch. Then going through it myself, like turning 40 last year in January 2022, my word, it's not something that I could control. And I would sit there and I would track, okay, this is what this week's like. This is what this week's like. Oh, motherfucker, day 14 just got here. Here we go, downhill from here. Two days before getting your period, I either want to kill someone or Mm -hmm. fire someone or like it is off the rails. So I actually am putting up an episode on this on Angels and Awakening next Monday, but I have been on the journey from, we'll just call it a challenge (laughs) this year. They put me on medication for the PMDD Mm -hmm. and I found out through the medication Ding, 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 light bulb went off my entire life as they have put me on SSRIs, Prozac, different ADHD medications. Every single time, if there is something on the side of the bottle that says may cause suicidal thoughts, It's happening, right? Like it comes in. Now I teach meditation. I teach people the tools on how to kick their egoic mind out. When you're on a medication and you're a treatment-resistant person, it's like it has hijacked your mind. And it's a very, very scary place to be when you're a teacher who teaches this and you can't kick those thoughts out. Yeah. So I ended up going to a new gynecologist, new doctor, and they said, let's regulate your hormones. So I forget exactly what it is, but if you look at PMDD research, when you hit a certain age, you need more of another hormone that you can get through birth control. And I'll talk about this in a second because I hate pill birth control. Those make me feel crazy. That actually levels you out. So I have been on NuvaRing where I skip my period for five months now. And in addition to the Nuva Ring, I am also on lithium orotate because once you start getting suicidal thoughts, they put me on Prozac like last winter, cause the suicidal thoughts. They just don't go away right away. Like that stuff is in your system and it stays in your system for a while. 
So I ended up meeting the best doctor and he said there's two types of lithium. There's it's probably not bad for some people, but I don't like it. Lithium carbonate, which is the prescription. Mm-hmm. Or there's lithium orotate. Lithium orotate is a supplement, like a vitamin that you get over the counter. I get mine through Amazon and it's the smallest little teeny tiny dose. It's 2.5 milligrams. It's teeny, teeny, tiny. Gets rid of suicidal thoughts by 90%. So lithium orotate, this supplement, is this is fascinating research found in meats, vegetables, spring water. They've studied around the world places where lithium orotate is found more naturally. Those communities have less violence, less depression, less anxiety, less suicide. Politicians have studied putting lithium orotate in the drinking water and debated this. Because lithium orotate was not used correctly by people, they decided not to do it. It also, I've heard, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but you should check with your doctor. It can counteract with other medications more. I'm not a doctor or therapist. I'm not saying get this. I'm just sharing like as a friend, my personal experience. The combination of being on the NuvaRing, having that whatever hormone it is, level me out, plus the very, very, very low dose 2.5 mLs of the lithium orotate supplement feels like a life changer. It feels like I am streamlined myself all the time. Don't feel like a zombie, you know, because some medications can do that to you. I don't feel really wound up. I don't feel really low energy. I just feel like myself again. And it's been wonderful for five months to have that. I am celebrating you because I can only imagine what that relief is. And I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability in this conversation because I have fired people. (laughs) My cycle used to be half the month fucking up my life and half the month repairing relationships. For sure. And I want to talk about this more because the stats are really high. Like there's a lot of women walking around with this that don't realize that they have it. And I think that it's going to be people like us opening up about these conversations that will start normalizing some of this because I really dislike and I get really triggered when people compare it to PMS because it's nothing like it. So I'm happy to hear that you have found something that really works for you. I'm taking notes. I'm going to be asking my doctor because my doctor doesn't know what to do with me. I mean, it was a therapist that actually diagnosed me who had been working with me for a long time and was able to see the cycles. Bro, I think you got PMDD. And my doctor's like, that makes sense. And working with naturopaths. I've tried so many things to naturally, even up to psilocybin, like psychedelics. Like I've even tried psychedelics to see if that can support it. I'm happy you bring up the suicide ideation because I think people who know our bodies of work, right? Like yeah. who's work my work. We are happy people. Like we are yeah. happy disposition. When you have this, if you could imagine people with our happy disposition having suicide ideations because of like this hormonal imbalance that for the most part, they're still trying to figure out how to sort us out and how to bring it back to balance. It's a serious thing and it can be quite serious. And so I appreciate you opening up about this and having an honest conversation on it because I know we're not alone. And I think women in particular have been kind of put in a corner to sort out their womanly stuff for far too long. 
we need to get a little bit more loud about this stuff because I know that there's a PMDD conference that's taken place in the UK now for two years. And I'm like, good. I think there's a stat that they didn't even like dissect a uterus until like the 70s. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because I went in to my gynecologist right after having my daughter and he knew that we weren't going to have any more kids. But he also knew about the PMDD and he's like, well, easy solution. Like, let's just take out all of your womanly parts. And I was like, hold the effing phone. I watched my mom go through that. My mom watched her grandma go through that because that was their solution back in the day. And let me tell you, that did not work whatsoever. In fact, I think it made it so much worse because talk about hormone regulation. And I don't know anything about hormones. I know there's a ton of people out there who do. But I can tell you that I have been able to regulate my hormones and work with them. It's a whole nother story to take out your female organs and then having to regulate that hormone issue. So I pretty much ran out of that doctor's office. But even finding a doctor who knows stuff about it in the Chicagoland area, like one of the third largest cities in the United States, there's nobody out here who knows about it or can help about it. The other thing I want to say, because Spirit is saying so many of your listeners are highly empathic Mm -hmm. and you're highly empathic too. Talk about some cycles, right? Add in PMDD cycle where let's just talk about this too for a second. You look at a PMDD cycle, it's what, 28 days. It's not even a full month. Yeah. So you get your period day one. And I don't know about you, but I have a heavy ass period that lasts seven days Mm -hmm. and I feel crampy the entire seven days. I have one hallelujah week, right? <laughs> seven through 14. Day seven through 14, holla, frickin' luya, the only time I would feel like myself. Mm. And then day like 14, 15 comes, and I would always, because I'm very, very self-aware of my thoughts, I'd always be like, why am I off? My energy is off. My mind is off. What is happening today? I go to my app, Clue. Because yeah. I track it over there. Like, shit, it's the freaking 14th, 15th. This is what's happening. Okay, now we're downhill. The next week is not as terrible. And then the fourth week is just hell. Like, get out of my way, right? Hide me in the red tent because I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth or what I'm going to do. <laughs> I know. And if people live, and I appreciate you sharing that because I'm like that too. And I teach this concept of like riding the waves, honoring the ebbs, right? I get one week where I'm like unstoppable. I'm like, put me on TV. Like I could do anything. And then the other weeks are like, I've done nothing with my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm a failure. What is wrong with me? I should be a failure. Like, what am I, I doing? Okay. I feel you. You know, it's so refreshing talking to someone. And it, I wonder too, if there's a connection because even as a teenager, when you start getting into like birth control medications, I too had every side effect. Like I was like yeah. the poster child for side effects. So I've never yeah. been able to have any kind of hormonal. I had to get a copper IUD that had no hormones. Like it was like old school, like resting in me. You know what I mean? Because I had every side effect. And I wonder if they're, and we're not doctors here. So full disclaimer, go check with the proper people. But 
it makes me wonder about people who are very sensitive to energy, to like everything. Maybe we do experience a bit more of the side effects. I don't know. The message that I have gotten clearly from spirit is that there are certain things that each soul is here to talk about and open up discussion about. And you really can't empathize with it. You really can't talk about it from a place of experience unless you've gone through it. So I do see it as healers go through so much more than it seems like the general population, almost as a life experience school where when you know the vibration of divorce, a client comes in, you can read that vibration very easily. Mm. You know what it's like to go through PMDD, client comes in, you know that vibration very easily. And so I think the more that we've experienced, unfortunately, the easier it is to work with people and the better healers we become. I agree. Well, you answered my next question already. What do the angels say is the purpose of this? <laughs> yeah, help others. Yeah, I think I learned that about my very first year opening my business. It's like, God, why am I going through so much? Why is there challenge after challenge? And they're sending me people right after who need the information that I just learned. Spirit yes. says oftentimes healers want to wait to teach, to talk, to speak, to write until they know everything. Mm -hmm. And that day isn't coming. And in fact, it's more causing harm than it is doing good because spirit says to look at it like this. If you're a healer and you're at letter Z in the alphabet, the people who are on ABC aren't connecting with what you're trying to say because there's too much distance between it. When you are a new healer who is coming out, talking, speaking, writing, and you are at D-E-F or H-I-J in the alphabet, and you're working with people who are at A-B-C, there's not that much distance between it. And you're able to turn back and help other people move forward. And that's what's needed right now. So kind of us getting out of our own way and being like, hello world, this is what we're going through. And if this is my experience, it's happening other places. And so let's discuss. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've toyed with the idea of letting my audience know because my logo is like this periwinkle, beautiful purple. And I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite colors. But I thought about getting like a red version done. <laughs> oh, you know, it's like the doomsday music. I'm like, I'm going in. <laughs> Yes. So funny, too, because like you're a glass half full person. I'm a glass half full person. I think I have more of a joy happiness threshold as well. And here's what I do believe us as empaths, when we go through any little thing and we're not at that high joy level, we're like not feeling the ground beneath us. We don't know what's going on. We don't know up from down. And you just want to get back to that yeah. point. So maybe we feel more when we're not at that joyful point, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even just looking at the dichotomy of would we even know what joy is without deep mm -hmm. sorrow, right? Like, would we actually know it would probably be pretty numb to us because that would be our baseline standard. So it is a blessing because those really good weeks, I'm sure we appreciate them yeah. so much. 
right? We're like, I'm going to make the most of this week. I'm going to do it all and then forgive myself for slacking off for like the rest of the month kind of thing. So yeah, I think that there is some beauty between that. My logo is actually like a moon with a sage leaf. It's the heaven and earth, right? It's like being able to go between the two and be grounded as well as be able to connect with higher vibrations. I think we do need that balance because you're right. Like who would we be able to connect with? Right. So I appreciate that. This has been a great conversation. You know, I could keep you for hours. <laughs> I feel like a friend. I'm like, we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours, you know, to kind of bring a bit of closure to the conversation because you have so many beautiful offerings. You have your membership, you have your angel Reiki certification, you have your book, you have a beautiful podcast. We'll have links to everything. But if you can end with maybe like a tip or two or a piece of advice on people who may be curious about connecting in with their angels and then anything that you want to talk about you have coming up that our audience might be interested in connecting in with. Yeah, yeah. I think a great place to start is with the book, Angels and Awakening. It really walks you through how to get into that high vibration, how to connect with your angels. If somebody wants to learn how to develop all of their spiritual gifts, absolutely. The Angel Reiki School is amazing created the angel membership more for folks who really want that personal walking through a spiritual awakening and really growing spiritually, very much going deep within themselves. So all of that is on my website, theangelmedium.com. And if anybody listening has kids, we are starting a kids podcast January 1st, 2023. So you can search Julie Jancis wherever you listen to them. And yeah, you'll find us. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing your energy, your wisdom, your knowledge with us today. It's been an absolute delight. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for all that you're doing for the world. Did you know that Spirit School is not just a podcast? It's an actual school. If you go to myspiritschool.com, you can invest in self-study courses, live programs, and of course, the Spirit School Collective, my baby, my monthly membership community. All Spirit School offerings are intended to get you feeling clear, confident, and connected to your spiritual path, your development journey, and of course, connected to other spiritual curious souls who are having similar experiences to you. I hope to see you in Spirit School.